Note, I have been blessed with half a century of exposure to the Jewish faith through being born to a religious family, going to yeshiva, Jewish religious school, going to synagogue, visiting Israel, and being surrounded by extremely knowledgeable family members and teachers. I am fortunate to have family members who are rabbis as well. You should not take what I say as definitive in every respect. However, I do believe that the below represents Jewish theology accurately. Jewish terminology around evil. Phenomenon, evil. Evil has no intrinsic reality other than what people invest in it. That is why it is important not to become embroiled, invested, or attached in any way to it. God gave evil, an illusion, power in this world to tempt human beings into committing bad acts. It is only because evil exists that good deeds have meaning. In the future, when all become conscious of God, there will be no evil inclination because there will be no illusion that evil serves us. With the above in mind, the fundamental method through which evil operates is to deceive people, including about the existence of God in the first place. Perhaps because Jewish people prefer to run from evil and do good, nitai ha'ar belly, there is an avoidance of directly confronting that which is perverse. In other words, we will try to find quiet ways of dealing with a problem first, and then if that is not possible, we will gradually become louder. In contrast, Christians are very direct about recognizing the realm of evil, I won't try to explain Christian theology here except that I notice the difference, and fighting it as though one is literally a spiritual warrior. Jewish people are not supposed to study the New Testament lest we become tempted to convert to Christianity, but I do think it is okay to quote specific verses that resonate with me, and I love the put on the armor of God verse, Ephesians 6 11, put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We need to learn some courage from the Christians in particular, and have the bravery to speak out against evil directly. I understand the fear that permeates us after the Holocaust. I feel it too. But we need to trust that God will ultimately reward us for doing what is right. Terminology, Satan. Satan is the adversary. We talk about the Soden, the Satan, as a combination of 1. The source of temptation, the evil inclination to the tempter, what Christians might think of as the devil 3. An FBI informant who crosses the line into entrapment and 4. The prosecution, a trial lawyer. A very good Hollywood representation of the Jewish concept of Satan is Robert De Niro's character in The Devil's Advocate. Terminology, the other side. This is another way of saying the realm of evil. When non-Jewish people say see you on the other side they are typically referring to reuniting after separation, perhaps even in the afterlife. Jewish people do not use the term this way. We will say things like that is from the other side. Terminology, demons. There are demons just as there are angels. A demon has the mission of doing bad. An angel has the mission of doing good. They're not human beings. They don't have or need free choice to complete their mission. The Hebrew word for demon is shadim. Interesting link to English, shady. We are not supposed to engage with them, go near them, think about them, study them, or otherwise involve ourselves with them for obvious reasons. There are some exceptions in Jewish lore but the exception proves the rule and I don't want to digress. There are two basic theological reasons why Jewish people oppose the discussion of Satan and demons in ordinary life. One is that the discussion invests them with power, keep in mind that we see the world as a battleground of temptation with the other side, and the other is that we should stay focused on the rational and not irrational, intangible entities and fears. The problem with the above is that not knowing how they operate has left us blind to their attacks. In this I am in strong agreement with the Christian blogger Veronica Swift. My best way of phrasing the approach I believe in is a careful understanding from a distance. To dwell on this for a moment, I remember when Jewish people tried to ignore rabbinic pedophilia, but that approach did not work. Just like in science, 
we need to learn from the non-Jewish world when it helps us to better achieve the underlying principles of our faith. When we did that, and started to call out abuse for what it was, the Jewish legal system actually followed suit. This too leads to a discussion for another time, but we need a similar shift in how we approach Satanism, let's be forthright and call it what it is, due to the extent to which it has infected our culture and world. Terminology, Lucifer, non-existent in Judaism. There is a head demon and it is a he. His name is not Lucifer, there is no Lucifer in the Bible. Since Lucifer means light-bringer I wonder whether there is an association with the Illuminati which means to illuminate or to bring light. It is worth noting here that the Illuminati and the Shabbatians, Jewish people who perverted Kabbalah and rejected the Talmud, formed a partnership in the 1800s that has been stamped out from official discussion but which continues to harm the world today. Another discussion. Terminology, Kabbalah. Kabbalah means receiving in Hebrew. This is an understanding of our world which Jewish people traditionally passed on verbally only. Originally the study of Kabbalah was severely restricted, but once it was written down that could not be controlled. Bad people seized on it, popularized it, and soiled it. The demeaning, distortion and exploitation of Kabbalah is directly responsible for the destruction associated with the false messiah Sabbatai Zavi and his sidekick, the false prophet Nathan of Gaza who together terrorized even some Jewish leaders into accepting the Shabbatian movement when they were in power. Again a full discussion of this can't happen right now. The essential beauty and wisdom of Kabbalah is such that Jewish people continue to draw on it, largely oblivious to the wickedness done and spoken in the name of this body of work. Notes on Language and Culture Phenomenon, Naming As mentioned above, we are not supposed to name demonic entities out loud because this creates a risk of investing them with our holy energy. Let's talk about names for a minute. With respect to names, this too is a whole other discussion, but I have heard multiple survivors of occult ritual abuse, C.A. Beck, Sarah Ruth Ashcraft, say that the cult uses names very intentionally as a method of trying to designate cult members for a specific life path. In doing so, the cult is reversing what Jewish people traditionally do, which is to name a child for a positive mission in life. There is also a tradition of naming a child for a deceased family member as a way of honoring their soul. There is a belief that the name invests the child with a deceased person's spiritual energy and helps that person to complete a mission associated with their soul. Phenomenon, Culture Think about the word culture, root word cult, the cult runs the world, their language is the root of English, Jewish people speak Hebrew. As Bruce Lee, R.I.P., said, spelling, spelling, casting a spell. Sarah Ruth Ashcraft talked a lot about language and how the cult controls us through this. Thought on the treatment of God-fearing people. Why are the God-fearing people mocked, despised, and persecuted? Because God gave Satan dominion over the earth temporarily. We have the power to end it. It is all about accepting Him, loving humanity, and following a shared system of just law. Click your heels three times Dorothy, you are tricked by the matrix. On the holiness of different faiths. I was just reflecting on the head covering I wear. I got the courage to do it for Muslims they have influenced me to be more authentically Jewish. So I owe them a debt. It is egotistical to think you have all the answers. On fake news, journalism and the media. Satan works through deception. Particularly in our lifetime, the deception occurs through mainstream media narratives. In that light we need to be mindful that what we see on TV news is not reality, and in my mind it is important to be clear about this when discussing fake news with other people. It's not all bad, but there is an effort to control and distort the truth and make people hate one another. Five specific thoughts here. 1. They divide people into pro and con to spike ratings, people love to watch a fight. 2. 
They are owned by people who have political and financial interests. 3. The right and the left are both controlled. Truly independent voices are throttled, marginalized or censored. 4. Somebody is a gatekeeper between what reporters write and what they can report. 5. True journalism is difficult, dangerous, unpopular and can be deadly. Notes, Rabbi Mizrahi, Ethics of the Fathers, Fragment of Larger Lesson. The below is my understanding of what Rabbi Mizrahi said. Some of it is literally what he said, and some of it is me translating into my own version of plain English. Links, YouTube, Ethics of the Fathers. Rabbi Mizrahi said in one lecture that Satan speaks into our ear and tells us that all the good deeds we did were a waste of time. This is the pervasive nature of the enemy we face. 1. Satan tempts us through the evil inclination. There is a saying stolen water is sweet, Proverbs 9:17. Rabbi Mizrahi gives the example of guys who go to a club. In the club are two beautiful women. They are twins. One is clearly married, as you can see the wedding ring on her finger. The other has no ring. The guys all want the one with the ring. He gives another example, of a couple that lives together and then gets married. When they're living together everything is great. As soon as they get married it goes downhill and they want a divorce. Why? Logically they should know each other and be highly aware about whether they're compatible. But you have to look at it from the perspective of the Satan. All the time they were cohabiting, outside of marriage, he was at work telling them how great and exciting it was. As soon as they try to do things the proper way, then the magic, literally, the magic, goes away and they're done with each other. He joked that the wife says to the divorce judge, his breath smells. I can't stand the cigarette smoke. She of course knew the whole time that he was a smoker, but when they were living outside of wedlock, the Satan set it up so that she didn't smell it. 2. Don't delay a good deed. He gives the example of a young man who was not religious, and kept saying he would attend Rabbi Mizrahi's lectures. Twice he promised to attend and twice he didn't. The third time the man had his bags packed. But he turned up dead. A 22-year-old. Rabbi Mizrahi says that we are penalized for the time we could have done the good deed but tarried. The Satan delays you and then the Satan makes the case that you were late. 3. Don't talk so much. As soon as you open your mouth and say you're going to do a good deed, Satan starts planning how to get in the way. Better to keep your mouth shut and do the good deed. Some people are talkers and not doers. He gives an example of a potential donor who promised him to fund a CD, these are the Torah lessons that influence people to become a religious, essentially these are potential patrons. The donor a wealthy person, made him go out of his way and visit for a long time, promising to reward the rabbi with a donation for his time. The donation never materialized and other commitments were broken by the rabbi because of it. Dash. By Dr. Danielle, Dossie, Blumenthal. All opinions are the author's own. Public domain.